feature presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Tiff Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Guilty as charged, Matt. Guilty as charged. I feel like we should have done this review with only one of us on camera and the other one calling in or something like that. Oh, I thought you were going to say doing it as passionately as Anton Fuqua (laughs) uh, introduced the film on the TIFF digital uh, platform. That was so funny. I had to text you right away. So yeah, today we are reviewing Anton Fuqua's The Guilty, uh, starring uh, Jake Gyllenhaal uh, with the voices of Ethan Hawke, Riley Keough, Peter Peter Sarsgaard, Paul Dano, uh, Bill Burr, and more, <laughs> um, which was random. Uh, and we'll we'll get to all that in a second. But yeah, we watched this on the TIFF digital platform, and Anton Fuqua does. This isn't about the movie, so we'll get it off the top. Um, it, it's it was so funny. It seems like it's like a hostage video. Like <laughs> like it it really is like a dimly lit him looking and him definitely reading off of a, a, a script of some sort but like just the most dispassionate kind of just like i need to get this done intro kind of thing um at least that's how it came across to me and it was just very weirdly funny well it almost um, looked like because he's been doing interviews for the film um and one of the most notably like with variety and it almost looks like the same interview setup, whether it's at his place or, or Netflix is kind of set up, but it's like this kind of like bright white background and like he's just sitting there and he's like, this is the movie, you know, I'm working with my friend Jake Gyllenhaal again. And But uh, it's even like it's more like someone will murder him if he doesn't read this script properly, like someone from Netflix is like Anton uh Antoine we got we got you got to read this right now man or else you're you're done <laughs> it's just like um it just was um just absolutely bizarre but anyways that's not part of the movie so Nick Pizzaiolo wrote it too yes uh, the true detective creator and uh I, I mean make fun of people's names pizza uh pizzalotto is that his name yes uh, pizzalotto yeah um pizzalotto Anyways, keep let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh long story short, this is the uh American remake of the Swedish film The Guilty from a few years ago, which uh if you haven't seen this or the original movie, um this might be more um enthralling and suspenseful to you. If you have, uh you'll find it a We complete, got both sides of it. You'll find it a completely redundant watch and even though Gyllenhaal is good in the lead um there's no need for this movie to exist matt what did you think <laughs> um i guess coming from my perspective who uh i did want to see the guilty when it came out a couple years ago i remember people talking about it and saying uh it was quite good um i just never got around to it um and i know it played Lightbox, and i, I wanted to make my way out there and go see it i just for some reason slipped past me and um uh, never ended up seeing it. So I, I totally understand what you're what you're saying. And even watching it, I was wondering how similar to the source material it was. And, and you can get into that in a sec. But um, ultimately, I thought it was a fairly effective, um, you know, single location man on a phone thriller that I think is kind of hard to pull off. And I'm sure that original film did it uh, fairly well. And I think this movie also does it fairly well. It's just... At times, um, I think it was a little bit 
heavy handed and silly or ridiculous. Um, some of the dialogue with, you know, Gyllenhaal on the phone with the, the kid just didn't sound like a natural, with Abby, you know, with Abby, the child didn't sound like an actual conversation someone would be having with like a five-year-old and it just felt very written and, and heavy handed and, and a bit silly. Um, and I think certain conversations he's having can come across that way, but ultimately, you know, I was engaged throughout the entire thing. And I think that is hard to do. And I think that's a testament that, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal is a very good actor and needs to you know, bathe um, though, please Jake. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we've, we've seen those single location, you know, person in a single room or a single location, uh, before, but I, I do think it's hard to do when essentially it's kind of a visual podcast or it should have been a stage play or, or, or something like that. Right. Like I think Apple even put out recently, uh, something that was a very similar premise, which was a show that was just telephone calls. Right. And, um, you know, it's not the most cinematic thing in the world because it's even in like a something that looks like, you know, a, an office building. Like it's not like the 911 uh, call center is that exciting to look at. Um, and then, you know, at times you get these kind of things that are, you know, it kind of fades in and shows you kind of uh, what's going on, at least or what maybe Hall's character is envisioning is happening as he's on the phone or what's actually happening. You get like lights from a cop car. You see a van that kind of you know, being pulled super, over is superimposed on top of his face. But the movie really is Jake Gyllenhaal sitting in an office chair in front of a computer on and having then, these. And then he moves calls. over to a, a secluded office yeah. where he's on his own, which is even less interesting to look at yeah. <laughs> than the first one. Right. Um, and you have Christina Vidal and, uh, and Adrian Martinez as the two other, only other two people kind of in the movie. And then you have some extras in that first room. Um, so I think it is really difficult to keep someone engaged for just having a dude on the phone. And I think it's story, you know, how it kind of placed, um, you know, uh, some of, uh, uh, Joe's backstory mixed with Emily's kind of ongoing story throughout the film, like, uh, and juxtaposing those and, and him dealing with this, whatever he's dealing with that we learn about throughout the movie, um, I think was effectively placed and kept me engaged throughout. I just ultimately, I thought it was a pretty okay, uh, sing man on a phone thriller, which I think is hard to pull, pull off, but, um, that's kind of all I have to say about it. I'm more curious, Eric, I know you said it's completely, you know, it doesn't even need to exist because is it basically the same exact movie? Yeah, I mean, other than, uh, you know, being specific to the region in which it takes place, you know, with, with, you know, California and dealing with with some the forest fires specifically where, you know, Sweden doesn't really have forest fires. Um, And so that is kind of the main difference. But also you mentioned um, and, and, and it bears repeating this version is more heavy-handed where the swedish film it has some nuance and you know builds that tension gradually to kind of you know a a climax that is very satisfying and sort of being basically a a one-man show with this version i also felt the way that they're sort of talking about Hall's backstory it reminds me a little bit of the remake of the taking the pelham one two three with denzel um washington where you have this character who essentially you know 
has this mark on him. He's been disgraced and he's been either demoted or um, is, is going through his own problems. But on top of that still has to go to work and is still going through nine to five, but has this kind of looming sort of case that's coming up. And the case here is because obviously with Denzel Washington's character in, in taking Palin one, two, three, you know, he, he's working, um, you know, within transit where you yeah. have a police officer and <clears throat> the, the sort of the, the crux here is that Hall's character, um, Joe Baylor, is a guy that may or may not be dirty or have done something corrupt yeah. and has to make a decision of, of what to do. He's estranged from his wife. He's not able to see his his daughter. Um, you know, he has that connection with uh, Riley Keough's Emily, who's on the phone, and also her dealing with mental illness. But it, it, it's almost talking about like, okay, well, this one incident – is the defining factor in sort of um, wiping the slate clean of what Hall's character has presumably done as mm-hmm. we learn. And there's just something about it that I don't think is handled in the most elegant of ways, especially mm-hmm. with what has gone on in the last few years with police brutality and corruption in general in order to redeem a character you're you're trying to make us sympathize with a guy who you know is trying to atone for his sins that we learn about by helping this woman and, and making it his goal to kind of help this woman who calls and says she's been abducted and right but uh, even the choice he makes in the after all of that i feel is a little bit disingenuous um Mm -hmm. especially where you think like again what's gone on with you know the george floyd case Mm -hmm. what's gone on in other cases that are similar and how police you know there there is there is a reference to you know how you know, please protect each other and specifically how, you know, Joe's partner, Rick voiced by, uh, Eli Gorey from, uh, one night in Miami, um, is sort of willing to do whatever he has to, to protect his partner because there's that bond of, right. You know, uh, brother protecting brother, uh, you know, and, and and officers. Yeah. 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 Officers United. And, um, it just, it kind of feels like it just, it doesn't, earn that or like it's just it doesn't get to that point where it's like okay you know what this character's gone through a lot and what he does in the end ultimately is the right thing but it it doesn't feel like it earns that moment and it just Mm -hmm. again feels like it's just disingenuous to what real life is and what's been going on and maybe if you know the george floyd case hadn't happened there's still police brutality there's not that's there's Mm -hmm. nothing that's going to change that it's been happening throughout the the cent you know the centuries the you know like with power and and corruption and and race that always happens but it just there there was just something about that that didn't work even though you do have an african-american filmmaker directing it it just is it just is strange to me and and i kept thinking about that ending being just a little bit off-putting in in that way even though Hall is very good in the role and you kind of do sympathize with him in the moment of helping emily and he wants to do the best he can given yeah the i get what you're i get what you're saying and um yeah i don't know if it lets him off per se but i think I, it I does kinda, though yeah, i think I it kind of, of i think it like without spoiling anything I, but i think yeah. it kind of redeems him in a way that isn't necessarily earned you know like Yes, the character will suffer the consequences, but at the same time, it's almost like, okay, well, you know, he 
he's wiped the slate clean and he's he's redeemed himself yeah, in the eyes saying. of the audience specifically. And again, it just it just also kind of let's not go into it too much, but I, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah but okay. but even if 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 we were to go into it, the people that have seen the original one will know what I'm talking about. Oh it's just, uh, yeah. It's done in a way here that kind of feels a little bit odd. Um, given the circumstances of what's been going on in the U.S., um, and then on top of that, you just you you have a film that kind of feels like the direction and the acting. Even though Gyllenhaal is good, I kind of felt some of the 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 voice performances were a little bit over, the, over top the place and, yeah, and inconsistent and top, yeah. um, throughout, and it just. It, like it almost sounds like you're 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 hearing like voices in a video game, you know, or something. And I like totally that. agree. It almost feels like they didn't record their lines with Gyllenhaal. Like yeah. it almost feels like they just recorded everyone's lines with like uh, someone reading the lines with them, and they were it was voice actors instead of actually. It's like what the problem we've been having weird comparison, but in what if sometimes in Marvel Studios, what if where it's just some people just don't feel comfortable like giving a voice performance, and when you don't have that back and forth in real time with an actor like in the same room or even in this like maybe i'm wrong maybe they all did phone in and and record their lines with gyllenhaal uh i'm not sure but i agree with you that at times it does feel like they didn't even have a back and forth with someone it was like them in front of a microphone reading the line uh having to think in their head like oh i'm talking on the phone with someone or maybe they're reading with the script supervisor whoever but like whoever's recording their dialogue but um it feels like a one-sided conversation it does like it all feels like they are performing instead of having a a conversation with someone which is how this movie should feel like and that i felt like that was which i mentioned at the beginning of the review most with that child actor who did the the young girl's voice and that whole sequence i thought was just the worst and then you get varying levels of that with the other people right like even ethan hawk who i love is just like and has worked with i mean has worked with fuqua a a couple of times now and 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 fuqua's best movie uh being training day in my opinion where also that movie i think looks at police corruption in in an interesting way way, in a more like uh damning way a little bit yeah um even though i mean it's also very exaggerated in terms of the time still supposed to be like kind of a an in an action thriller, yeah. you know, yeah. day on the job kind of thing. But it 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 does it with a kind of interesting perspective and 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 for a lot of like I, that's the other thing with that movie. I love that film to death and I hate when people say that oh, you know, Denzel only won the Oscar because he hadn't won a best actor award at that point. It, that movie is great and his performance is awesome in that film and I agree. There's about half a dozen performances in that movie that are amazing, you know, from Hawk to, you know, uh you know Snoop Dogg even and and Scott Glenn and mm-hmm. uh Cliff Curtis who's awesome in that movie. So um yeah, he, he's just never been able to Anton Fuqua is one of those guys who like he's he's a journeyman studio director and there's nothing wrong with that, but I almost feel like he just doesn't care anymore. And even with that sort of intro that he do, did, it almost just felt just completely disaffected and apathetic. And this yeah. movie feels like that at times too. Like it almost I just agree. feels like it's going through the motions and not really doing doing anything other than what it's expected to do. Like mm-hmm. it's almost it's 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 a little bit better, but it's almost on the level of remember the Halle Berry uh, call yeah. center film, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Call. call. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I yeah, the Brad Anderson, film. which is a little bit more pulpy and like kind of even more silly than this. It's not yeah. trying to be as serious as this, but yeah. 
Yeah. And that's kind of what it, it it's it's kind of and I'm not looking for something prestigious here. Like this could have just no, been yeah. more gripping or done something different with the material. And it just again, it goes back to like you know why why bother north americans being too lazy to read subtitles you know and and that's unfortunate so and it just becomes kind of watered down yeah yeah no i I totally understand what you're saying and i feel like i now i have the unfortunate experience of if i watch the original that i'm like oh i've seen this movie already yeah kind of thing um but yeah always try to watch the uh original first and then the best you know, remakes uh, do something different, which what you're saying, like do something, take the source material, be inspired by it and then make something that, you know, I'm trying to think of a good example. Well, you actually mentioned a a film on our review for the power of the dog, which is the remake of let the right one in, let me in. There's a, a, which is a very similar movie, but yes, but Matt Reeves, what he was able to do with that film that I think is actually very also a Swedish movie that's a remake of as well. Um, what he was able to do with uh, the remake of the Thomas Alfred film, uh, Alfredson movie, was the the Swedish movie. Yes, it takes place in Sweden, but the American remake grounds it in eighties. Also, Mexico. I don't I don't mean to cut you off, Eric, but the call is originally it's a Danish film, not Swedish. I think. You oh, I, okay, because yeah. the, the the filmmaker is uh, yeah, he might Swedish. Be, but it, it's a Danish film Danish movie submitted by. I just want to make sure we right, right, that, right. So. Okay, yeah. my, my fault. But yeah, yeah. So so you look at you know, let me in in terms of how that movie is grounded in time and place, mm-hmm. you know, like let me in is grounded in the 1980s. And it kind of feels like there's this ominous tone within mm-hmm. the context of that period where, mm-hmm. you know, let the right one in it's there, but it's not as prominent. And maybe that's a good thing for that movie because that also, you know, separates the two films. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is a, a good example of, you know, the American remake actually, being worthwhile and doing something different, but also still incorporating what made the original one a success and not just trying to remake it for North American audiences unwilling to see uh, the original film. Yeah. I'm trying to even think of like what other English language remakes have been. Uh, well, the, the departed is, uh, is which is also, of, I, I actually um, think that that's a better movie than uh mm-hmm infernal affairs i guess that's maybe the best example uh the ring another good example uh, as well um but yeah i think overall i I thought it was totally fine um i think you know again unfortunately uh this is how you're gonna get people to watch (laughs) like americans to watch you know stuff that's based on good source material but you have to put it in english because people won't read subtitles so uh, and people will click on this because it has a movie star and it's on Netflix. So uh, I'm going to give it a three out of five. I don't I thought it was fine. I'm going to give it a two out of five. I That's thought fair. it was, again, just kind of redundant. Um, it's fine if it's if you haven't seen the original one and mm-hmm. and you got something out of it. And and Jillian Hall is good. He, he's not bad in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is interesting that you with both Southpaw and this, you can tell that he is giving the best performance that he can mm-hmm. in both of those films. Uh, oh man, we should have saved this for, uh, the electric, Louis, uh, life of, uh, Louis Wayne. Louis Wayne. He, she might still be here while we're doing that, but yeah, I don't know if that came up on camera, but, um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Um, thank you all for listening. Sorry. I lost my train of thought because of Georgie. Um, 
thank you all for listening uh, or watching. Uh, we really do appreciate it. For audio listeners, yes, my sister's cat just jumped on my lap as we were finishing up this review. Um, you can catch all of our reviews in audio form over on the Untitled Movie Reviews uh, uh, podcast channel on all podcast services, or you can stay right here on YouTube, the Untitled uh, uh, Movie Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, click subscribe, hit that notification bell, thumbs up. We'd really appreciate it if you do like our stuff. Go to our videos and do that. That really helps. Because um, criticism sometimes when you put it on the internet and people don't agree with you, they really Especially don't like when that. they haven't seen a movie, <laughs> they have their minds made up, you know? Yeah. Um, um, I also quickly want to mention as, yeah, as a correction do. with the uh, Danish thing. I was mistaking it with the director, uh, yeah. Gustav Mahler, he who is, is Swedish, Swedish. But yes. it was the Danish like even entry for the Oscars and stuff. Yeah. Right? yeah. So it might be a Danish-Swedish co-pro just based on yeah. the filmmaker as well. Because that happens sometimes reading, when you get yeah. the filmmaker um, in there as well. So yeah. Yeah, it usually depends on like who's funding it, where it was shot, things like that um cool uh you guys can go to our letterbox hq uh check out it's a one-stop shop for all our social links all our reviews rankings ratings all that jazz it's untitled underscore movies uh and as always my name is matt Rohrbeck. you can find more of my work at uh untitledmoviepodcast.com or, or uh on all the social medias at matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric March, and you can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social media is at EM6211. Uh, until next time. Fuqua!